0: December 25th, 2023, we're in Masechet uh, Bava Kama and Afetet Amud Bet. Seven lines from the top at the Mishnah. Mishnah says, Anything that I've been, says Rashi, Anything that I've been uh, obligated in with regards to safeguarding, watching over my property, Hichsharti <coughs> et as a result of perhaps my negligence, my wrongdoing, Hichsharti et niskor Rashi has two interpretations to those words. Hichsharti et niskor. If you take a look at the left-hand side, Rashid dibura matzil Hichsharti et niskor. It's down about uh, ten lines. It says Rashid Kelomar im hezik Hichsharti vezimanti oto shelo shemartiv yafe according to this first interpretation means I prepared, I set forth, not that I uh, wanted to, But by being negligent in watching over my property and I was obligated to safeguard my property, I set forth a a damage. And as a result, parentheses, although not mentioned, I'm obligated to pay for it. Kach says Rashi, this is one interpretation that I found. Lishna aharina Rashi has a different interpretation to those words, hichsharti. Again, the first interpretation, milashon we have that word elsewhere, hechshir mitzvah, we have a sugyar masechet Sanhedrin, which refer to preparation of the mitzvah, hechshir mitzvah. Uh, that would be the same idea over here, zimanti, I prepared. harina et alay Another interpretation of Rashi is hechsharti is a consequence, it's a consequence of what took place. It's not that I set forth the potential for damage, and that's on me. It's once the damage happens, I have to clean it up, I have to kosher it. hikshat means, ani hayav, says Rashi, leshalem, I'm obligated to pay as a result. Rashi says, mori. I heard this from my rabbi. Either way you slice it, Rashi's two interpretations. The Mishnah is describing as an initial heading. There are circumstances where we're obligated to uh, safeguard, to watch over our property. If we didn't, we either set forth the potential for nezik, for damage, or we have to fix up once there w- was nezik, there was damage. It continues the Mishnah. It says, uh, again, what about what and she says this time hikshati can't mean to clean it up and to kosher it. This time it has to mean I prepared. nisko. If I prepared, if I made possible, miksatnisko, partial damage of my property to another, I'll be obligated for paying for the entirety of that damage. My responsibility with regards to what I did wrong was, or my liability was, I only put into motion partial, potential nezik, damage, but I'm responsible for full damage, says Rashi. I'll have to hang on for the Gemaran Daf Yod to understand what this means. Continues the Mishnah, and it says, uh, 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 again, uh, Next. Says the Mishnah, in what circumstances are you obligated to pay. Uh, we've been dealing with first Mishnah, much of the Gemara. This Mishnah is telling us about uh, obligation of compensating when a person damages or their property damages another. Under what circumstances? Are there exceptions to the rule? We've seen some. We'll mention others, and we'll explain them in the Gemara. Number one, The only time that you're going to be obligated to pay for the damage which you caused through your property or otherwise to another is if it's to nechasim, to objects, to property, to uh, items, she'en bahin me'ilah, which don't have connected to them the sin of me'ilah. Me'ila is when a person misappropriates kodesh, which means to say something is sanctified and I use it wrongfully. This is code word for hekdesh. Now you say something that's hekdesh, there's me'ilah if you misuse it. So when the Mishnah tells us, when are you obligated, when you damage something which doesn't have me'ilam, meaning it's, it's owned to to by to to an individual, it's always mentioned like this. In the Gemara, Mishnah language, always, 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 always she'en Right. In other words, if it's he'kadesh, we had a derashah in the Gemara earlier of, ishor et shor re'ehu, the word was re'ehu, and it belongs to your friend, not belongs to Kodesh. In that circumstance, when it belongs to your friend, you're obligated, Nechasim she'en vahen that don't have me'ila, you're obligated. If I damage something Kodesh, pay? It bothered you on Davav, it bothers you still, indeed. Okay. So it goes. Lucky you. you know, but you didn't do it, your animal did it. I you. Like, still, I damaged I damage part of the shoe. Yeah, lucky you. You're, you're, you let your cow into the shul, you're not obligated to pay. Uh, Nechasim shehen shel bene berit. Continues the Mishnah. Maybe this one will bother you even more, Charlie. It says that it has to be as well property which is owned from by a bin berit, which means someone who's a part of the covenant, which means a Jew. If it's a non-Jew, for one reason or another, we'll have to discuss in the Gemara, you're not liable for compensation. Nechasim miuhadim. That word miuhad means it's individual, it's specific, it's unique. What does that mean? Rashi, based on the hava amina, the first opinion in the Gemara later on says, if you damage something which is hifkir, which is ownerless, well, you're not gonna be liable to pay. Of course, the Gemara will question, that's so simple, who are you paying to. The Gemara will have a different interpretation, but for our purposes right now, Rashi is want to do this in the Mishnah. He explains the Mishnah based on the Hava Amina, the initial understanding of the Gemara. So as a result, we read those words as, if your animal or your property damages something that's hifkir, which is ownerless, it's not Miuhad. it doesn't have individual ownership, unique, specific ownership, you're not liable. Continues the Mishnah. So again, what we have so far, in Bahin me'ilam, not Hekdesh. shall ben berit, it's owned by a Jew. Meyuhadim, it has ownership. Ubechom makom, and in any, or almost any situation and place, will you be obligated for the damage, chutz, except for, mereshut ha lamazik. lemazik. Aside from the property, which is owned by and specific for the mazik, for the damager. Your animal ended up on my yard. Your uh, tea kettle was in my kitchen. What was it doing there? I don't know. Who, uh, who told you to bring it there? I'm not liable to compensate under such circumstances. If it's a reshuta me you had it. Again, it's specific, it's individual for the person who damaged, as opposed to the person who got damaged, the nizak. The mazik says to the nizak, What was your property doing on mine? What about the next words? (laughs) Ureshut hanizak vehamazik. Those next words seem to be just uh, dangling in the air and the Gemara will have two ways of understanding them. Listen to the words first. (laughs) Reshut, property, place, which has permissibility for entrance to both the nizak and the mazik. For the person who damaged and who got damaged, some sort of reshut ha some sort of dual-owned or dual-right property. In that situation, I can be there and you can be there. My animal damaged yours, am I liable or not? Well, if I read these words connected to the last words, So then I'm not liable. The last word said, except for and you might now read these next words. And number two, ureshuta nizak vahamazik. Do you understand? In other words, the first way of reading this is, chutz except for number one, the property of the mazik, of the person who damaged. So, what are you doing here? And number two, reshuta mazik vahamazik. The property of both Reshuta uh, meshutefet. It's a combined dual uh, rights area of the reshuta nizak and mazik. That's one way of reading this, and I wouldn't be liable. You might question how does that make? sense. Okay, we'll leave that aside. Other way of reading this is it goes like this. Holds except for midreshuta la Pause. Now read it as a new sentence. Ureshuta nizak hava mazik le Do you understand how to read it the other way? The other way is we had one exception to the rule in this final line. If it's the property of the damager, the damager is exempt. Next, if it's the property which is dual right property, for both the nizak and the mazik, the damaged and the damager. In that situation, when he damages, he needs to pay the meta to with the highest quality land. In other words, opposite ways of reading it, since we don't have punctuation in the Mishnah, since we don't have a full-fledged, uh, easy reading of it, the Gemara will debate what's the proper way of reading this Mishnah. Those fine. If you read it as chutz, Again, yeah. chutz reads easy. Yeah. Chutz me reshut ha- la mazik. And so when the they both wrote it. What would the last part of the Mishnah be talking about? If you read it as... Great first. question. What are the final words? Who of the? If you read... If, read, if you read... I got it. I gotcha. If you read it as number one, Chutzmei reshuta mazik, and number two, reshuta mazik V'Hanizah, period, says Ebi, how do you read the final words? The final words are, Kishih Eziq, Mazik, L'Shalem Tashlu M'Nezik, Metav, says Rashi, and the Rashi is really preempting this, Rashi in the wide lines, the first wide line says, Rashi keshezik, hava ha mazik, haddar shinan le beresh pirkin. Earlier in the Perik, we had a mahloket, it's gonna dust off our brains on this one, a mahloket, a dispute between Rav and Shemuel. I know it's at a time that we were very nervous about masechet, pava kama. It was about the definition of mava'ed. Remember, is mava'ed defined as, Shin, where your property got benefit, or is it defined as Adam? That was the dispute, you might recall. The Gemara said, if you go like Shimuel, that Mav'e that is Shen, well then the question was, what does the word Shor mean? And the word Shor, we suggested, might mean Regil. Uh, the Gemara then questioned, where do you have Kerin in the Mishnah? and the Gemara answered for Shimuel, you have it tucked away in these final words of the Mishnah over here. You have extra unnecessary words in our Mishnah, which really is unnecessary, even if it's as well, because you don't need to repeat to me what I already knew, that I pay with highest uh, right. valued land. So as a result, says Rashi, according to Shimuel, this is coming to include, those final words which we have at the beginning of Mishnah, that's the first time it was mentioned. Of course, the Gemara will need to tell us how it is Rav, A.B.'s question, deal with these seemingly unnecessary, superfluous words at the end of Mishnah. You have extra words at the end of Mishnah. I just answered it according to Shemuel, says Rashi. The Gemara will question it according to Rav. If you didn't fully catch that, it's okay. We'll return to this in the Gemara. But those are the principles set forth for us in our Mishnah. Again, number one, our Mishnah set forth for us general damage, obligations, responsibilities. Number two, the exceptions or the specifics of when you'd be liable. And number three, in other words, in terms of ownership, liability, who owns it, whether I'd be liable. And number three, based on place, although we had a question how to read that, there's a discussion about that in this Mishnah as well. The Gemara jumps into this by citing a biraita, which returns to the words in the Mishnah, but gets us into a deeper level of it. Tanur Rabbanan, that's a beraitah. Kol shehavti bishmirato. Again, we read that word, Havti, like Rashi told us. Nithayavti. Anything that I'm, I was obligated in safeguarding and protecting and making certain that it doesn't damage. Hichsharti et nisko. I, in turn, have Hichsharti et That means I, I'm the one you point to as, setting forth the damage, or alternatively, I need to fix the damage with compensation. Two opinions in Rashi. Kesad. Says so the Beraita. Let me get deeper on this. Let me not just mention those words. Let me talk about a case and an exception and things of that sort. Shor ubor she misaran vekata. If a person were to hand over his uh, for for protection for safeguarding his shor his ox his animal or his bor his pit to one of the following three people, common denominator being. We assume their are love benedat. They haven't matured in terms of their cognitive capabilities. Who are these three types of beings? Cheres, Shoteh, ve-katan. Those generally get looped together. Those three going backwards. Katan is a child below the age of maturity. Uh, Shote is a person. The Gemara Masechet. Uh, Hagigah quantifies it, but we'll say cognitively impaired. And a cheresh is a deaf and mute person, which once upon a time was a person who was uneducated, not really involved in society. So, if a person were to hand over his shor ubor for protection, I don't know exactly yet what that means. He just takes a wild ox and hands it to a child. We'll have to figure out exactly, is it tied up? But let's see what the halakha is. Vihiziku if the ox or the bull bring forth damage to a person, the owner is obligated. What were you handing it over to them? That was your responsibility. You handed it over to a love bardah to watch over this, to an individual who's cognitively immature or impaired. No, that's your. Mashiachin, says the Beraita, this is in contrast to Beish, fire. I'm imagining it for the moment. I handed a flame over to a cheresh I'm not responsible. Amazing statement. What's the difference? Why would you distinguish? If anything, you're asking me right now, you hand over fire. Fire is so easy to move around. Shouldn't I realize as I hand it over to the cheresh Katan that I'm gonna be that this damage which is quickly going to come? So that's the Gemara. Okay, so first things first. So that's the end of the beraita. period. Those are the words of the beraita. Going back to the time of beraita, you know, some 18, 1,900 years. Now Gemara, fast forward 300 years, 250 years. What are we dealing with? Give me specifics. Can't just say a shore and a boar. I need to look at it. I need to know what, what type of shore? What type of boar? Was it covered? Was it tied up? And what am I talking about with regards to fire? Is it a flame? Is it a coal? What do we ilema? Perhaps you'll say, ilema, bishor kashur ubor mechuse. Maybe the mechusa bor is nekiva. Maybe the case is that it's a shore. The animal is kashu, you handed it to the cheresh o teve katan, you didn't hand it at all. It was tied up to a peg in the ground, to a wall. It was tied up. And as a result, it's, you, you, you fulfilled your duty, your responsibility. So cheresh o teve Katana watching over it. That's all right. It's tied up, bor mechusa, and the pit is covered properly, tight. It's uh, fastened appropriately. Nobody's falling in there easily. You did your responsibility. Oh, that's why you're pat- Okay, now I could wrap my head around. But the only problem is, you need to now parallel it to what you told me. kin beish. You're telling me, oh, so I'm not liable over there. Well, how would you parallel a likewise situation? Because keep in mind, you can't tell me. Excuse me. in Excuse me. I'm sorry. I take it back. Yahayav in such a situation, which is questionable. I handed it over, it was tied up and it was covered. Why would I say in Ish I'm going to be patoot? The parallel by Ish is going to be that I handed over a coal. In other words, the coal is not already lit. In other words, the coal, the coal needs to be waved at, needs to be blown upon in order to break... Fanned is the right word, but I was thinking in the car on the way here. What's the right word for that? Fanned, I of course, I I didn't, I didn't doubt that you got it from the article. Fanned, liba means to fan it. Um, So in short, says the Gemara, I, I can't, I can't fully understand. You're distinguishing, but I need a parallel case. And as a result, I need some sort of logic to distinguish, to say why they're different. So you tell me, Shor sure and Bor, I'm going to be Hayav. Why am I going to be Hayav, even though it's tied up? Okay, you should have known better. It's a Heresh or Devikatam. Maybe you could get out. The Bor, even though it was covered, and the Shor, even though it was tied up, you're Hayav. Then why is it any difference with Gahelet? May shina, says the Gemara, May hacha, May hacha, which is translated as What's different here and what's different here? In other words, why would you say that one is different than the other? Why is esh patur, but um, uh, bor and shor are hayav, Uh, says the Gemara. Ela, rather, the case must be beshor mutar u bor migula. The case instead is you hand it over a shor, which was mutar. It was untied. It wasn't fastened. And the bor... Was Megula? It was exposed. That's why you're chayav. Okay, it's very nice, but again, you have to carry that over to ish. The means just like that. Gabe ish shall have it. I mean, what's the parallel to an exposed pit and to a unfastened wild animal or animal? Not wild animal, animal. Well, it's a flame. You're gonna tell me by a flame you're patul. There's no fanning requ- required that you lie. Says the Gemara, ken Question mark? do to Because otherwise there's no novelty. There's no chidush. <laughs> in other words, if you're telling me... Oh, okay. uh, the
1: then there's no chidush.
0: No the That's the whole point. You're saying, huh? this one is less, is, is more lenient than the other ones. It's not more lenient. That's right. So says the Gemara, Ma ken patur? And we're going to be specific about why we have a problem with this. l'akish the Gemara now cites from Resh Lakish, whose words will appear later on, on Tet, we got some time to get there, and Perek Kones Didn't Resh Lakish have the statement in the name of Chizkiah? Don't we have an explicit, opposite statement from Resh Lakish? In other words, your statement, not only do I not know how to measure it and size it up logically, I furthermore have evidence, at least according to Resh Lakish, which contradicts this. Resh Lakish is commenting on a Biraita, which is cited in a few places, and the statement in the Biraita is that a person who hands fire over to cheresh or katan is patul midine adam, we can't make them liable in court, but we can and will, hakadosh hayav He'll judge that person. Says Resh Lakish, you want to know what we're talking about? It's specifically and only that you hand it over a coal to the Heresh shotev Katan, and they fanned it. Aval But if you hand it over a flame in that situation, hayav. of course you're hayav. My tama, what would the reason be? The habari hezeka, because hezeka means damage. Bari means it's, it's, it's apparent. It's quick to happen. Of course, it's going to damage. You're handing over fire, even to a bardat, but certainly to a love bardat, that's going to happen. So as the gemara is stuck, the gemara again is trying to quantify. It's trying to define for us what are we talking about? bor patur. In what situation? If you're going to tell me when they were exposed and unfastened, your hayav, well then that would be the parallel by ish, it's shalhevet. Uh, Firstly, I don't understand why would shalhevet be patur, and shalhevet again means an actual flame. And secondly, Rish Lakish explicitly contradicts that, says the Gemara, we're going to turn it back. Le'olam, and keep in mind, again, the Gemara is just fine-tuning this, just trying to get to the bottom line, Is just what's the reality in this beraitah? Then we'll try to figure out logic as we go along. the v'shor kashur ubor mechusa. The case must be, says the Gemara, as we initially suggested. What's that? Shor kashur ubor mechusa, which means to say... They are, for all intents and purposes, your shor and your bor, safeguard. Nonetheless, secured, nonetheless, you're liable. The, the, the parallel by ish is a, um, a, a call. Why are you distinguishing? And that which you claimed, What about your claim? I don't understand the difference. Here is my answer. Shor, ish, shor, darkeh, Bor kahelet, amya, so, as the Gemara, there's still a distinction. What's the difference? The difference goes as follows An animal, it is very normal and probable that they will wrestle free. Watch an animal when it's tied up, even when it's fastened well its potential is strong or at least possible that it's going to wrestle free and get out of that knot. Uh, so too with a bore. I'm explaining based on Rashi right now. Based on, so too with bore, bore, even though it's covered and properly secured, makes sense, it might fall in, it might somehow come out and as a result something will fall in. That's unlike and that's in contrast to the coal. A coal kama Shavikle as much as a person just leaves the coal alone, very different than the bor, very different than the shore, you leave them alone, they're gonna fall in, it's gonna become unfastened. A coal, just leave it alone, shavik means to leave, amya amyah azla, which means to say it's gonna go down and down, and entirely out, it's no longer even gonna be smoking in any way. Go Sure. What gives you the right to give a mind of one of these people to watch a night owner in order be responsible. Like, why would he? Like, how do you get there? Yeah. It's, well, let me, let me put it differently. What about if, and I'm not getting into the specifics, I'm asking it as a devil's advocate for the moment. What about I locked my barn door at night? I put on the necessary bolt, etc. I wake up in the morning and I see that the horse broke out and went and damaged something else. Would you say to me what gave me the right to go to sleep with the lock on it? No, it is your responsibility to have So what the Gemara is suggesting over here is, and keep in mind it's it's falling off of it, but it's saying you may have said that the tied-up nature of that of that animal and the covered pit. Is sufficient for your protective measures. So you had a Haire Shoteva Katan look over it? Loma Aleva Lomori doesn't change. The answer is no. You should have known better. It's not the double bolted door in your, in your barn. So at the end of the day, the lock is not a factor. It's more about the people who are. You know, no, no, no. Quite the opposite. In other words, the fact that it wasn't independently secured. What do you mean it's not independently secured? The fact that an animal could get out of it means, as Jeffrey's saying, I need someone better watching over it. That's why I'm liable. It's exactly why I'm liable. The fact that the pit cover will fall in or become unfastened in some way, shape, or form, I can't leave a minor or a uh, cognitively impaired person to watch over it. You know, think about... Th- but Reverend, what, if you flip it, what if you flip it the other way? Interesting point. Interesting no point. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about jobs and there are different jobs in our community included. That sometimes you'll see, you know, Yahad young men or women working in. They say, how could Okay, they're manning a certain register of some sort, they're able to wrap their head around it. We're going to say it was your responsibility to know better. We gave them certain tasks that they're capable of doing. The suggestion of the Gemara here is that a Hiresh Shoteva Katan are not capable of this because they're not independently secured, in contrast to the coal. Our assumption is the coal is manning the register in the pizza shop of some sort. Go ahead. I'm gonna flip the other way. What about the responsibility for the impaired or the child? What about the responsibility? No responsibility. What do you mean, no responsibility? They don't have responsibility. they are a, a child with fire or a or even with a, an atom? They don't have liability. And I'm benedat. The person, an adult, doesn't have responsibility. An adult? Be, oh, so you're adult. saying what? To watch over them? In other words, yeah, flip it the other way, isn't that? Simple? No, but I don't understand what you're flipping. Who do you want to be liable for what? That's irresponsible to leave a child or someone that's impaired. You, you never, you never, Alan, you, Alan, you never lived in Mea I lived there for two years. There are young children everywhere at every time during the day, in different uh, ages and different societies. Children have abilities. It's not, so to speak, irresponsible in those contexts, in those situations, for the child to be involved with this. Can you, as a result, assume that he can safeguard? No. But you're asking that it's dangerous for the child? Not necessarily. That's only because we coddle our children. Again, 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 that's exactly the point. It's incapable, and as a result, remove them from the scene for the moment. Assume they don't exist. Was that in turn a secure, independently, uh, situ- uh, independently secure situation? The answer is no, then you're hayav. The answer is yes, with the cold, then you're patur. That's, that's all. That's where we're ending. In terms of responsibility for the child, I gave you my answer. Can the child untie the, 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 the animal? You, the, the, the child could do that? Well, the, are, the assumption of the Gemara is that the child is not going to do so. Uh, in other words, the assumption the Gemara is, is going to dutifully just do his thing. Um, that's, uh, a if, if they did, you, uh, <coughs> you would still be responsible. We haven't addressed it. It's a good question. Uh, we we will come close to addressing it, uh, but it that means that's where we're at this point in the Gemara. Again, the Gemara is distinguishing then between those the bor and the and the and the uh, shor, which are not independently secured. Rashi's interpretation, as opposed to the gahelit, which is otherwise. If you take a look, gahelit you'd be patur. Our assumption is, and you could and should assume that the Hiresh or katan will just hold it. You have no reason to think otherwise. Uh, on contrary to, you know, Jeffrey said, what if they did? No, it's not, you don't need to think like that, that they're going to be fanning it. As a result, you're patur. the reason that they're, they're that animals are Yes, they're going to become loose. I, I haven't worked with animals enough to really be able to tell you that maybe I should. Uh Rashi Linaturi l excuse me. Rashi Shora Darke Linatuke. I'm about uh eight, nine lines down in Rashi in the medium lines. Havale la asukada. You should have known. Shafilo and ha har matiro. Even if the uh katan didn't undo it, so follow hatire tasmo you're supposed to know and realize it's going to undo itself. That's the assumption of the rabbis. Uh, Tosafot disagrees with this reading on a, on a technical uh, aspect uh, with Rashi. Tosafot, in the middle here of the Amud, Shor avid lenatuke, let's translate those words again. The assumption is that when it comes to an animal, it will unfasten itself from jostling around, from moving, from pulling, from tugging. Rashi, piresh Rashi, as I told you, as we just read, Afilu Belo meelav. You're supposed to assume and realize, and as a result, you're liable for compensation that your animal's going to unfasten itself. The chin bor, and so to the pit. Dar she wrote this right afterwards, we didn't read it. Le nature it's going to become unfastened and fallen. Because of the wind? Because of what? Says the Gemara the What's that? No, no, no. Regular bor with a covering over it. So the wind blew the cover off and makes it go off the pit. It's not going to be a fire? can wildfire with the single apparently i <gasps> uh, all right. not all right, so I, we don't like the misiot yeah so I, it's uh, it with well, the covering maybe not even from that maybe people walking by kick it, sure. maybe the stamps and so forth says says to tosafot ve kashe says tosa dal korhah be kesharo u be kisa Kara'oui, the question really of the, of the crowd is the question of tosafot. Tosafot says what we're dealing with is you appropriately knotted it up. You appropriately fastened that covering. So you're going to tell me it's more I'm asking a Mitsuyut question like you all are. A uh, means the reality question. Uh, you tell me it's more prone to fall in it's to become unfastened than, quote-unquote, the air, maybe not quote-unquote, that the air will uh, fan the uh, coal? And uh, uh, as, as we explained earlier, and we have an explicit Mishnah later on in the sixth Perek, if you covered your pit appropriately, you fastened it, even if unbeknownst to you and unexpected it falls in, you're patur. So you can't tell me, you can't read the Gemara like this, Rashi, that the Biraita is directly contradicting that. Therefore, says Tosafot, Detarko to addressing Jeffrey's point, al-yedeh ka'amar. The assumption of it will become unfastened is not that it'll jostle and jerk itself out, it's rather you can and should assume, are you giving it over to cheresh the Qatan? He wants to play with the bull, and as a result, you should have realized that one of these might and it's the normal way they 'll unfasten it and play it looked like it was uncomfortable and it undid it etc de it makes it worse that you handed it over to the hereresho TV again the missionanda will tell you you tied it up by extension but certainly you covered it and fastened it appropriately you're not liable you handed it over to hereresho TV katan that's where you're liable you should have realized that they're gonna go do that Jeffrey thought about it. what's that hand it over to katan just leave it, uh, here here. it. I wow No, to, to watch over? No, 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 no. That won't be okay. You can't assume they're going to do it appropriately. Uh, Judah's question, not nonetheless. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, but he's saying you're better off leaving it without. You're going to be put. You you fasten Yeah, right. Aval Gahelet Logara garak Says Tosafot. But when it comes to the coal, it's not the same. Why? Because uh, I wanted to see what was in that pit. I wanted to check out. Yeah, the animal looked uncomfortable. I'm making these up. A coal, you should assume, a Hiresh Katan has maybe in the past learned the lesson. You see something hot, don't touch it. Acheresh Oteve Katan realize the assumption of Tosafot in explaining the Gemara, the imminent and real danger of playing with fire. They cite the words of the Gemara. So it means that either way you explain this Gemara, either according to Rashi or according to Tosafot, there's a principle that's at stake over here. In other words, what's the status of the Cheresh Oteve Katan? in this whole equation. But with the Gemara, at this point, we're going to have we have a little bit more to, to resolve, has settled at, for the moment, is the interpretation to the Beraita and distinguishing between Bor and Shor, where Misaran, the Hayrosh your Hayav, as opposed to Ish, your patur is when it was appropriately fastened, when it was properly covered and secured, and when you handed over a gachelit. What's the distinction? The words in the Gemara are the gahelet the coal, is less severe; it's more lenient because the more that you leave it, it's going to, on its own, put itself out. We'll continue with this tomorrow. Amen. amen.